Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Hey, by the bookers. Before we get into today's episode, just a reminder, we have a whole season of our other show you can listen to. It's called We Love You and So Can You, and it's a makeover show for the heart. Take a listen as we try to help people with predicaments they're tackling and also try to help them just love themselves a little more. For more information, you can visit our episode description right on your phone right now, or you can look for We Love You and So Can You on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite shows. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jalenta. Yes, Kristen. Would you say that you're a decent housekeeper? Uh, I'm the person who does most of the housekeeping <laughs> in my house, if that counts. I do not know if decent would be the word to describe <laughs> it. Um, How about yourself? Well, since I pretty much almost never keep house, I don't really know if I'm good or bad at it. I mean, you're someone who prefers to just skip housework altogether. Um, I absolutely am. And believe it or not, there's actually a book out there that's dedicated to all the ladies like me who'd rather skip the housework. I want to live by that book. Well, buckle up, my friend, because we're about to. Because I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalanta Greenberg. And this is By the Book. Your life is going down the drain. You're in so much pain. You need some help. Ooh, self-help. episode of By the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. And for this season, our sixth season, we're doing it all through the lens of history. In each episode, we'll focus on a different decade and a self-help bestseller that defined that decade, reading and living by an original rather than updated version of the book. That means in this and all episodes of the season, there may be some language that sounds dated. This season began with the 1930s, and today we're hitting up the swinging 60s with Phyllis Diller's Housekeeping Hints by Phyllis Diller. 
Born in 1917, Phyllis Diller was one of the first female comics to become a household name in America. Beginning her life as a quiet, dedicated student, she dropped out of college in 1939 to marry her husband Sherwood, have six children, and become a housewife. In 1952, she began working in radio. That led to her starring in a Bay Area television series called Phyllis Diller, The Homely Friendmaker, in which she dressed in a house coat to offer absurd advice to homemakers. In 1955, she brought her comedy to the stand-up stage for the first time, and by the 1960s, she was performing her comedy in Greenwich Village with up-and-comers like Barbara Streisand as her opening act. More than 40 films followed, as well as hundreds of television appearances over the next five decades, from Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In and The Ed Sullivan Show to The Muppet Show and Family Guy. She also starred in two of her own shows, one of which earned her a Golden Globe, released multiple comedy albums, and wrote a number of best-selling books poking fun at domestic life and herself, including Phyllis Diller's Housekeeping Hints. Phyllis Diller's Housekeeping Hints was released in 1966 and, according to the dedication, was for all the ladies who would rather skip the housework. With a foreword by Bob Hope and illustrated by Susan Pearl, the slim volume did as much to make fun of the expectations put on women to keep a perfect home as it did to laugh at Diller's ineptitude and disinterest in the domestic arts. Phyllis Diller's Housekeeping Hints became one of the top 10 nonfiction bestsellers of 1966, alongside Truman Capote's In Cold Blood and The Random House Dictionary of the English Language. And along with Diller's other books, comedy albums, TV and film appearances, and stand-up work, it cemented her place in entertainment history while breaking gender barriers in the comedy world. Here's how you do it. Step one, create the illusion of good housekeeping. Use bedspreads that touch the floor so no one can see what's under your bed. Keep your sink full of dishes. It's a good way to cover up a dirty sink. And remember, women with certain qualities, like film star Jane Mansfield, don't need to excel in the domestic realm. Aim for those qualities by following Phyllis's schedule. Monday and Tuesday, get your beauty rest. Wednesday through Saturday, go to the beauty parlor. And Sunday, allow yourself to relax and read the funnies. Step two, succeed in the kitchen without setting foot in the kitchen. Don't apologize to your husband about your cooking. He could have checked at the high school and found out that you got straight F's in home economics. Add the word supreme to everything you serve. Hamburger supreme, toast supreme, etc. Prepare Phyllis's most successful recipes. There are two blank pages full of them in the book. Don't feel you're lying when you use the term home-baked when the bakery is in town. Step three, be the hostess with the leastest. No matter how well your guests know you, pretend that you have class. If someone calls and says they'll be right over, throw everything down the clothes chute, including the children. And do not have company when the sunlight is streaming through the windows. All the dirt shows up. Either entertain at night or close the drapes and break the cord. Step four, no phone etiquette and how to get around it. Remember that a well-used phone never collects dust. If your husband complains that you're on the phone too often, remind him of all the useful things you use the phone for, like ordering groceries. And don't give away any telltale signs that might reveal how long you've been on the phone. Step five, pinch pennies while looking like a philanthropist. Turn down the heat when you're burning birthday candles. Instead of getting a new Easter outfit each year, just go to a different church each year instead. Use the hair cream with the tagline, a little dab will do you. Then use only half a dab. And trick your husband into taking you out for dinner by saying it will cut down on the grocery bill. Step six, reconcile the problem of having a spouse. Never go to bed mad. Stay up and fight. 
Use terms of endearment when you fight. Like, sweetheart, you know I can't stand your fathead mother, darling. And, sweetie, I'm leaving you, honey, if you ever drink that much again. That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. So, Jolenta, tell us about your first week of living by Phyllis Diller's housekeeping hints. I am dying to hear about your experience. Well, after I read the book, I thought I'd start with the step that comes most naturally to me, and that is definitely step numero dos, (laughs) number two. Yes, that succeed in the kitchen without setting foot in that kitchen. Yes. I have a history of not being too into kitchen-y stuff like cooking or just mainly cooking, you know, similar to you. But my partner, Brad, is the exact opposite. He takes cooking and baking very, very seriously. Oh, yes, he does. He does. So one morning after he'd gone and picked me up a coffee and a pastry, I took the book's advice and decided to lie and say that my breakfast was home-baked. And coincidentally, Brad was baking in the kitchen (laughs) at the time. Take a listen. What are you baking? Making a cake. I'm eating a homemade scone. Just like your homemade cake. I bought that scone for you. But you bought it at the farmer's market and it was home-baked by someone, right? I don't know. Sure. Right? Like, who would you buy from? From, like, the guy who sells baked goods at the farmer's market. Yeah, but where did that baked good get baked? In someone's home? I don't... In a bakery, like, that is like someone's home. So, wait, you get... I'm going to get the same amount of credit from this scone. I'm going to post a picture of it on Instagram and say I home-baked it. Okay. (laughs) First of all, you're hilarious. Second of all, Brad does not sound impressed in the slightest here. Yeah, he was uh, a little more confused and annoyed than impressed, but I had fun. I thought it was super funny. Yeah. So uh, after that, I hit up uh, step three. That is being the hostess with the leastest. Yes. So for that, I decided I wanted to tackle our entryway area because when anyone comes over, it's the first thing they see, right? You've seen it. Mm -hmm. It was the first thing you saw. (laughs) So I figure if it looks like really chic and like no clutter, people will assume my entire house has no clutter and then I'm just sort of Always the hostess with the leastest. Ooh, nice. Yes. Doing the least amount possible to try and impress people. Love yeah. it. Love so it. So I took the book's advice and I shuffled my clutter down the laundry chute. <laughs> you oh, did no not. way. I wish I did. <laughs> I don't have a laundry chute, sadly. So I had to find other hiding spots, but I made do. And so here I am showing the results to Brad. Okay, can I show you something? Yeah. So. For the dog, like, towel and your helmet, I want to keep them down here, Mm -hmm. if that's okay, just because, like, it looks like we're cleaner and, like, less garbagey. If it's, like, a hat, a scarf, your sweater hanging on the pegs. Yeah, it's pretty. Right? And that way we can give the impression that we don't have, like, a dirty dog. But hold on, that doesn't answer my question. Where did mm-hmm. you throw all the stuff? That- um, so we have a little entryway table. And normally we have uh, like Brad's helmet hanging above it and like the towel for when it's 
rainy outside to wipe the dog's feet when he comes in from the walk. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a little box to put on the shelf in the entryway table and put all the dirty, ugly stuff in that box, and then no one sees it. So you essentially created a trash box in mm-hmm. your front entryway, but the trash box you it's can't see because it's not eye level. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So, and no one looks down low? No, no, no. And if you don't have a laundry chute, having a trash box in the front that is discreet? It was perfect. I think Phyllis would be proud of you. Thank you. Thank well you. Well done. Well done. What did you do after that? Oh, so I ended my first week with step one. And that's just creating the illusion of good housekeeping. And <laughs> what did you do for that? I liked what the book says about keeping your sink full of dishes is a good way to cover up a dirty sink. That really resonated with my heart. Mm-hmm. And our sink is usually like a little dirty. So instead of wiping it towards the end of week one, I just put some dirty dishes over it. <laughs> and then I just kept putting more dishes over it. And I decided for the rest of the two weeks, I just keep putting dishes in the sink and see what happens. Oh, my God. And what happened then? Well, that was the end of my first week. There's a whole nother week of this, and then you'll find out. <laughs> All right. So we're ending things with about 800 pounds of dishes. With just a, yeah, a diabolical dishes plan. Well, you have a large sink, too. I do, I do. It's got like two sections. So, yes. you know, it can fit all the dishes. <laughs> can I please hear about your first week living by Phyllis Diller's housekeeping hints? Absolutely. And just to start off, not to brag or anything, Mm -hmm. but I went into this book feeling pretty confident. Right. I was like, I feel like because Kristen has a dean, uh, her (laughs) husband, she's pretty good at like giving the illusion of a really well-kept house without doing a thing. Oh, I don't do a darn thing at all. So I figured I would just keep doing what I already do and just kind of turn it up a notch. Mm -hmm. And I started with step one. Creating the illusion of good housekeeping. Yes. And I already introduced long bed skirts to our home on day one. So I'm like, yes, I did it even before. Do you store stuff too. under the bed? Oh, so and much hide stuff, it. Yeah. including dust bunnies. Yeah, all uh, those yeah, things. Yeah, all the bunnies. Yes. And every day I already stack plenty of dishes in the sink. So oh, you're a champion. Yes. But what I decided to do, since I already do those things, was to focus mostly on Phyllis's beauty schedule. Yes. Yes. So the first couple days I took beauty rests, as she says. And then I did this. Well, it's Wednesday, and according to Phyllis's schedule, I should be doing beauty parlor sorts of things between now and Saturday. And so I decided to buy a Groupon to get something called an IPL facial um, at a place near Grand Central Station in an office building. And... Um, I'm not really sure how legit this is, but I will give it a go and I will see if this beautifies me. Um, regardless, I think I'm fulfilling my obligations to at least try to follow the beauty schedule. Ooh, a laser. I love a good face laser. How did it go? How did it turn out? Well, as you can see, I don't look like Jane Mansfield now. I mean, your your face looks tight. You know what? Dean said the same thing. Really? No he, way. He I was actually, like, it just looks like a little, like, it just look, it's like plump, but tight. Yeah, you know? that's what he said, too. He he thought that there was a smoothness to the surface that mm-hmm, there wasn't mm-hmm. there before. And so, I mean, if I can just have those qualities of beauty, then I don't have to keep house, right? Oh my gosh, that, yeah. That's, philosoph- exactly. that's, that's like the philosophy of the book, right? I love it. What'd you do next? 
I moved along to step two. And that is succeeding in the kitchen without setting foot in the kitchen. Yes. And for this, I modified Phyllis's tips just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like her, I didn't cook for my husband. Right, And right, I refused to apologize for it. Mm -hmm. But unlike her, I decided to be honest about why it was a good thing that I wasn't cooking. Mm. Listen. So I was tempted to serve you a leftover stir fry with the rice in the fridge. But the rice is over 10 days old, which means it's probably growing bacteria that would kill us. Yes, that's bad. We should probably compost that. We should, but I just wanted to let you know, I could have played a trick on you, but I'm not going to do that. I'm and just going to warn you. Given me some kind of E. coli infection. That would have been a fun <laughs> trick. No, I could have served it to you and called it Stir Fry Supreme. But first of all... uh. I don't ever cook, so I think you would have found it suspicious that I suddenly was making you a dinner. Yes. And second of all, I would have felt really guilty because I would have made you sick. So That's true. Also, it would have been suspicious because of that life insurance policy you just <laughs> There is no life insurance policy, but there is also no cooking and there's no sickness. That's true. Interesting. Well, I'm very glad uh, you both survived and you didn't cook. That's correct. <laughs> um, what did you do next? I skipped ahead to step five. Okay. Pinching pennies to look like a philanthropist. Yeah. And for this one, I decided to meet up with my friends Carly and Sarah at that big new glossy grocery store in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm, you know the one. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. I've seen the ads. Um, but how is this saving money? Well, the three of us spent most of our time eating at the restaurant inside the store instead of wasting it on groceries, as Phyllis right, would say. Right, How did that go? Pretty good until I got home to Dean. Listen. Honey. Oh, my gosh. The house looks so tidy. Oh, thanks, sweetie. So how was your afternoon while I was out grocery shopping with the girls? Well, it was good. I cooked some lunch, and then I cleaned the bathroom... And the kitchen. Living room looks very tidy as well, I must say. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's the weekend. you got to make your house look nice. Otherwise, otherwise, the week will get away from you. Before you know it, you'll be living like a hoarder. <laughs> well, you thank remember you. what that was like oh, before you met me. Oh. I'm totally kidding. You were never a hoarder, honey. But, uh, you know, sometimes we just got to get these things done in the weekend. Yeah. I hope you had fun out with your friends. I did, and it was very productive. I went grocery shopping, and I... Bought those four things. Nice. Kristen, I don't know what you mean. Like, listen, what's the problem? You had fun with your friends. Dean cleaned the whole house. And you brought home those four items, apparently, you had to get. Yeah, it may on the surface seem like things were good there, mm -hmm. but I was starting to feel like something was amiss. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There was a dig about you possibly being a hoarder before he met you and then a just kidding. Yes. And then also, did you hear earlier when he mentioned life insurance? Yes. Oh, and all that calling me sweetie while explaining all the housekeeping wait, he was wait, doing? Wait, wait, wait. Is Dean just doing step six, reconciling the problem of having a spouse by sweetieing you? Well, that's not all he was doing. Oh, shit. Tell me more. More. Well, you're going to have to wait until week two to find out Ugh, what I mean it. by that. I but, hate that. <laughs> but before we do that, everyone out there listening, we want to know, have you lived by Phyllis Diller's housekeeping hints? Did it work for you? Share your story at facebook.com slash groups slash btbpod. Or email us at kristinangelenta at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. 
Okay, Jolenta, we left off week one with you deciding to fill your sink with dishes nonstop. I respect that. Thank you, thank you. And now I want to know what happened in week two. How did that start off? Okay, so first thing I did in week two was step four. That is knowing your phone etiquette and how to get around it. Right. So Brad and I pretty much agree on how horrible our phone etiquette is allowed to be. You know, if I'm being truly (laughs) honest, we are monsters who wander around our apartment attached to our phones, and there's really nothing for me to subvert, you know? (laughs) Like, he's fine with it. He's probably worse than I am. Just continue living as usual. Yeah, so, but regardless of that, I started talking to Brad about how we do agree on our rude phone etiquette, and that led to a very surprising discussion on our beliefs and etiquette in general, and then specifically shower etiquette. Ooh. Take a listen. You don't pee in the shower, though. Yes! Uh, everyone pees in the shower. I don't pee in the... Do you really pee in the shower? Every fucking time I take a shower, I've probably peed. Why? Because I can, and I probably have to don't pee. Know. And why would I flush the toilet or waste water when I can just pee down a drain that gets washed down with Shit. water and so much soap? Because now your piss is in my clean space. But it's on the floor, and it gets washed down with soap. Have you never peed in the shower? Uh, no. Ever? Not ours. Really? Not this one. Really. That's so weird. I, do, do you want me to stop? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Brad doesn't pee in the shower. Yeah, and apparently he thinks I'm a freak. No, I am. He's so, like, so shook by it. I am team pee in the shower, and I'm going to just pause it an opinion here, mm-hmm. a theory. I think Phyllis Diller probably is pro-peeing in the shower, too. totally... One of her hints was, like, if you have a dirty dish, like, give it to your neighbor with some food in it, and then they'll clean it for you. I think she's okay with peeing in the shower. Yes, yes. So what happened with that conversation, then? Nothing. <laughs> I asked him if he wanted me to stop, and he was like, I don't know. And I was like, okay, get back to me. And he hasn't. So, I mean... Maybe we can check in at the bonus episode and see if he's made up his mind. Maybe. But in the meantime, I vote just keep peeing in the shower because Phyllis would probably be in favor of that. And I mean, that is what I did next in step five. Ooh, explain. Well, after I peed in the shower, I decided (laughs) to pinch pennies, uh, even even though I want to look like a philanthropist. Yes. How'd you Um, do that? So... I decided to take Phyllis's advice about a dabble do you in the shower, and here I am giving that a shot again after already peeing in the shower. <laughs> uh, I'm in the shower. I am desperately trying to use half a dollop of my new shampoo, and I've gotten it through maybe one quarter of my hair. I need like five more full dab-ups. There's no fucking way. Sorry, Phyllis. I have a lot of hair. (laughs) I use way more product than normal people. And I tried. I was like, I can do this. I've always used too much product. Like, I will use half a dab. And I ended up using like five. Well, that's tough. I mean, I don't have as much hair as you. Your hair is like five times thicker than most My people's hair. My mom is a hairdresser, and she has always said my whole life, I have four times the amount of hair a normal person should have. Yeah, it's an insane amount. So maybe you need four dabs, yeah. not, not half a dab. Yeah. yeah. So that was a failure. But you know which step was so interesting and not a failure? 
Step one. Ooh, Remember that one? Yeah. Step one. That's what the dishes piling up yes. in the sink from week one. Yes. What happened with that? So towards the end of my second week, I walk past the kitchen, and instead of seeing my beautiful growing pile of dishes, Brad's in there. Uh, and so I, I had to check out what he was up to. What are you doing? Cleaning out the sink. Why? Disgusting. I know. I let it build up all week. Phyllis Diller says the best way to hide a dirty sink is with ditches. <laughs> Wait, so this was intentional? Yeah. Did you notice I was messier? Yes. And look, it got taken care of and I didn't have to lift a finger. It just had to get way messier than either of us would have liked. But you did all the cooking and, and eating this week. I was Yeah, you home. did some. Some of those were your cereal bowls. No, I know it's not fair, but I didn't have to do it. I can't believe this was like your design. <laughs> this was Do you feel taken like advantage of? Yes! I've been staring. <laughs> there's been like the aftermath. <laughs> A spaghetti squash? Yes, there's been this aftermath of a spaghetti squash dinner <laughs> that there were no leftovers of. Since then, I've been cleaning up stray bits of spaghetti squash. Yeah? And this was so that I would just go ahead and... This is just so I didn't it. have to clean. I don't like this book. <laughs> Understood. Jolenta, 10 out of 10. Thank you. Yes, you did it Phyllis's way, and and you won that. I oh, think I you won. fully won. I think like you Brad won that. went through a full emotional journey during that <laughs> reveal too. Like it was just such a joy to watch him like cleaning, like laugh it off, and then get so angry. Nice. It sounds like you are killing it with all these steps, and you did all of them. I think except step six. That's the one about reconciling the problem of having a spouse. Mm-hmm. Well, I set uh, I set up step six perfectly because that step one really pissed Brad off. <laughs> I have another audio diary that I ended up cutting because it was so repetitive, but it's. It's just him reiterating the fact that I had done all the cooking and eating that week. <laughs> Not to mention, overall, he always does all of our cooking and cleaning in the kitchen. So why was I even fucking with the kitchen? <laughs> he was pissed. Mm. But the book says you can't go to bed mad. You have to stay up and fight. So I knew I couldn't just ignore how pissed off he was and celebrate my win. So first I reminded him it was just an experiment and not forever and that I was sorry and I did not mean to take <laughs> advantage of him with the experiment. And he was sort of one over. And then I reminded him, hey, at least we know how to argue because Kristen and Dean, when they fight, it sounds like a greeting card. And that <laughs> made him laugh. And then we just started joking about how you guys fight. And then this happened. I guess that's fine, Kristen. It's just I like it in the I don't like it in the cupboard. Oh, that's fine. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mess with you. Oh, I, I'm so I'm sad that we had this fight. <laughs> oh yes, this is a fight. This is, <laughs> this is our version of an argument. <laughs> Is that Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast no, that's arguing you and with Dean. a leprechaun? That's you and Dean arguing <laughs> and us making fun of how you're like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, that was a fight. <laughs> Brad, you've got to do better because that sounded like Mrs. Potts from Beauty mm, and the Beast. I think it sounded a lot like you. And like the leprechaun from Frosted Lucky Charms. It sounded well, like those two in a fight. Regardless of your <laughs> notes on his impressions, uh, following that book's advice in step six led to Brad and I joking at your expense instead of fighting. So I'd say at the end of the day, 
very fun way to end my week, too. Nice. As long as you're happy. <laughs> oh, I am happy. I am sorry if you're offended. <laughs> I'm not offended. I just want the accents to be better. But also, Angela Lansbury played Mrs. Potts, so like... I consider it a compliment on all levels. Yes. I didn't say it was an insult. I just I said I want the accents to be more on point. That's okay, all. Okay. Okay. Kristen, I need to know about your second week of Phyllis Diller's housekeeping hints. So when we left off, you were feeling something was amiss. Dean was maybe joking about you killing him for life insurance and you being a hoarder. <laughs> yes. All of that is true. And then at the beginning of week two, he decided to take it to the next level. Oh, I can't wait to hear next level passive-aggressive Dean. Well, if you're going to get a haircut and a beard trim and all of that stuff, I think I'll just, you know, keep myself busy here at home. Then what's for dinner, hon? Why would I know that? Because you're at home and I'm out busy doing stuff. Beautiful for my wife. You know who you married, honey. I know. Now, I know it sounds like Dean's joking there about, hey, Kristen, you need to make dinner, but I'm pretty sure he meant it because the next night he just outright tricked me. Oh, really? I totally thought that was like a passing comment. What happened? So, you know how I love me some quality time, as they say in the five love languages? Oh, right. You're an activity girl. Oh, I love activities. So, Dean said, hey, hang out with me in the kitchen while I make us dinner. But before you know it, this was happening. Here, I'm just going to do a little season for you, just so you can oversee. There we go. I'm enjoying cooking, honey. Oh, no. Did you just trick me into cooking? (laughs) You just tricked me into cooking. Well, you know, I was busy prepping, so I needed some help with somebody's stir-fine. But keep keep, keep stirring. I am. Oh, my God. I cannot believe you tricked me into this. I thought I was just keeping you company in the kitchen by being pretty. It smells fabulous, though, doesn't it? Look at this amazing thing you've made. Dean, what the fuck? <laughs> He's playing your own game against you. Did he read this book? Oh. He's literally tricking you. This is bullshit. Yeah, but guess what? What? He wanted even more because the next day, I could not help but notice that there was wet laundry in the washing machine. And then when I walked by the washing machine an hour later, there was still that wet laundry in the washing machine. And then finally, hours later, I broke down and I did this. Hon, honey, there's laundry in the washer. It's been here a really long time. Are you going to hang it to dry? Do you want me to? Oh, that's awesome, hon. Fantastic. It was next on my list of things to do. If you check it off, that'll make my day. Um... Did you actually hear what I just said? I offered, of my own volition, to take laundry out of the washing machine and hang it to dry. When is the last time I've done that? Have I ever done that? And that is your answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Dean is playing you. Oh, yeah, he's playing. Dean is playing you hard. So what do you do? What did you do? Did you hang the laundry? Yeah, um, so... I, I did hang the laundry mm-hmm. on that thingamajig that you hang laundry on. The it's drying rack. Yes, that's what it's called. Yeah. Yes. But then I just, like, confronted him. I needed mm-hmm. to ask him what the deal was. Honey? Mm-hmm? Are you trying to turn me into a housewife? Who? Me? Why would I do that? God, you are trying to turn me into a housewife. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. 
That's fucked up. <laughs> I know. I know. What do you even do next? So we decided to call a truce. Okay, good. And then we teamed up for steps four and three. Interesting. So that's phone etiquette and hostess with the leastest. Yes. So what we did is we each strategically used our phones. We each texted a couple of people and we said, hey, why don't you all come over tomorrow night? We'll entertain you. Uh, nighttime. Yes. Nighttime as per Phyllis's advice. So no one can see any of the dust in the house. Bobby, no not sunlight. Like, not like there was any because Dean keeps such a clean house. Oh, right. Yeah. I've uh, heard. <laughs> <laughs> Passive aggressively. But that's not all. Not only did we use the nighttime tactic. Here I am greeting two of our guests, Mary and Jen, and you can hear what we did. Hello! You guys look so cute. Oh, and, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, what is that? Oh, I brought a salad. Oh my gosh, it looks beautiful. And I just brought some drinks. Oh, yeah. that's great. I, I got some cheese and crackers too. I hope that's okay. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It's perfect. Come on in. Come on in. Yeah, everyone's already partying. Come on in. Okay, cool. Oh, you sneaky little bee. It was a potluck. They brought their own food to the party. Damn straight. Potluck at night. We did not lift a finger. We did not cook anything. We did not pour any drinks. We did not mix any drinks all night. And that's what I thought Phyllis would have been most proud of Mm. is I Mm -hmm. took her advice. I took it to the next level just like she would have wanted to. Dean and I together teamed up and tricked people. And at the end of the day, we won. So beautiful. Phyllis would be so proud. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to deliver some verdicts. Yes, but first, a reminder, we want to hear from you. Have you lived by Phyllis Diller's housekeeping hints? Share your story at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com or call us at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. Okay, Jolenta, it is time to get down to business. Did Phyllis Diller's housekeeping hints actually work? Would we recommend it? First of all, this book was fucking fun to read. (laughs) It was really funny. It's fun. It's funny. It has illustrations. Some of the illustrations look like someone went in and, like, crossed stuff out in the book and wrote over it with a pen. Yes, It is funny, and it holds up. It really transported me to a different time, you know, through these jokes and like very absurd hypothetical situations, Diller posits, you get a surprisingly accurate and I would say sobering glimpse into the expectations women were dealing with in the 60s. And it's just so cleverly subversive about all of these things. It's just a nice relief from daily expectations when you read it. And it's just so clever and loaded for how short the book is, Mm -hmm. which I loved. It was a delight. I would say it did not fully change my life, but it did definitely help me joke around with the expectations I put on myself Mm -hmm. and I put on my environment or that I think people put on me. And it reminded me that some of these expectations that I take seriously, like I do it for no reason. And maybe I can lighten up a little bit. Like... I didn't implode 
by not doing dishes for a week. And like, yeah, shit got messier than I'd like, but it also reminded me like, yeah, I'm allowed to let things slide and live my life and it'll get dealt with. Yeah. And Brad picked up the slack then a little bit, which was great, right? Yeah. And not to mention it led to a gripping debate on peeing in the shower and a beautiful reenactment of you and Dean fighting. (laughs) So I'd say there's nothing not to love. And I would definitely recommend reading the book for that, just to lighten shit up and, like, see some good, fun doodles from the 60s and some nice domesticity jokes. (laughs) How about yourself, Kristen? Well, like you... I have got to say, this book was such a delight to read. Phyllis Diller is super funny. Mm -hmm. And I laughed out loud many times while reading it, especially that one point where she keeps on referencing, like, when you get to page 56, you're going to see my no-fail recipes. Yeah, and there's so much buildup. And there's so much buildup for it. And then by the time you get there and it's just blank pages. It was so so funny. She is hilarious. And like you, I think she did a great job of spotlighting how ridiculous the expectations are now, probably still, but definitely back then in the Mm -hmm. 1960s, those expectations put on middle-class women to be great housekeepers. I mean, she really showcases how ridiculous it all is. But as you know, as far as my personal life goes, I already kind of live the Phyllis Diller homemaker life. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't do anything in my house. Right. And when I lived by this book, I really just amped up the nothing even more Mm -hmm. until, of course, Dean turned the tables. Right. And I have to say, I'm glad he did because he does so much to take care of me and our home. And at the end of the day, it was actually fun to work with him side by side in the kitchen. It was fun to hang up laundry with him. And, you know, even if it was just for a week, it kind of made me appreciate everything he does a little bit more. Oh, nice. So my verdict on this book is read it, do it, especially if you have inequities as far as who does what work in the household. The book may shine a light on those inequities and they may cause you to laugh a lot along the way because I laughed a lot during this book. All right, that's it for this episode of By the Book. Huge thank you to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, our producer, Nora Ritchie, and our engineer, Andy Christens. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, Jared Arnold, who produced this season's new, very hot version of the theme song, and our very own producer, Miss Nora Ritchie, for singing that said theme song. Also thanks to Chris Bannon, our chief content officer, and Daisy Rosario, our executive producer. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read Phyllis Diller's Housekeeping Hints and if it worked or didn't work for you. And also send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at ByTheBookPod, at Jolenta G, and at Kristen Meinzer. Don't forget, you can leave us those voicemails at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. And as always, please, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen because it helps people find the show. It helps us stay on those arbitrary charts we like so much. (laughs) You know, it just helps us stay alive. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Tell a housekeeper about the show. Tell your husband who you are now deceiving with your housework lies about the show. Tell your children as you throw them down the laundry chute (laughs) about the show. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalenta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't even like, realize it was yeah. happening, but he's like, join me in the kitchen. Let's hang out. I'll make you a drink. And then before you know it, I'm actually the one stirring the vegetables. I'm like, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. the fuck is happening here? <laughs> Stitcher. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.